everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lunnan. And this is Volume Up by the T's. Jeffrey, it is Monday. I love Mondays. It's my favorite day of the week. We get to start fresh. Here we go. How many iced coffees are you down? We're we're on episode three, <laughs> iced coffee two. We're right. making the best of it. It's going to be incredible. Although there might be an iced coffee three right after we finish wrapping, which will make for an even better day. Yeah. Are you still on those drops of coffee? Like, remember you were on it? Like, oh, no. I, little drop I, with the water. Yep. Tell Jot us about coffee. that. Jot Coffee, not a sponsor, although they certainly could be. We'd welcome <laughs> that. They make like little droppers that is coffee concentrate or whatever you add water and ice. Was doing that for a hot minute, ran out much too quick and have not purchased it again. I'm now on to oh. a local business okay. a block away that has concentrate jugs, oh, which is okay. not any healthier, but it's maybe a little bit less expensive. So I know when we worked in the same office together, your jam was like, gotta go walk to get the iced coffee. And now like wh- you just got the jug or the dropper. Like, are you feeling a void? Wow. I mean, you're really just laying <laughs> it all out there. I do not have the commute to the iced coffee, which is right. introducing some, you know, psychological stuff, but I've got my big old jug and I can walk to the fridge and open it up and, right. and have my little ritual that way. But yeah, I do miss the the walks to the the coffee the long walks to the coffee shop although it was only like a half a block yeah agreed and i i'm lucky so madison (laughs) we have an incredible coffee shop right around the corner from our offices and in la i've got like three at my disposal so you're winning really just yeah the jug is replaced a trip that i probably should be making for my health's sake if you haven't yet check out last week's pod featuring jen and matt martinelli co-founders of canvas me a digital portfolio and recruitment platform for the salon professional industry. Jeff, what did you think about it? I was obsessed with their focus on inclusion. They talked so much about it in recruitment. I think that we are in desperate need of it within the salon professional industry, and it feels like Canvas Me is a good solve for that. So loved hearing about that. I loved it too. It's like Behance, but for the salon professional industry, because think about it, a paper resume, well, nobody's printing paper digital resume, <laughs> a, a PDF resume. Let's say that. It's not working. They can't show the creativity, but with Canvas Me, you can see their aesthetic and beauty and vibe really come to life. Jen is also a bit of a wellness and mindfulness guru. So we had a lot of tips that we'll be sharing with you closer to the new year in part two of the interview. If you liked last week's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tees and send in questions to volume up at thetees.com. On today's episode, we talk about what's new in the beauty industry this week, updates from thetees.com, and we talk with Gina Charbonnet, one of our guest contributors on the Tees. Gina is a producer and communications consultant that's worked with leading brands, organizations, and media outlets such as Essence, BET, the NAACP, the DNC, Converse, among many others. And now she's starting her own online community called GSHAR. You know, Jeff, I met Gina a while back, um, a mutual friend introduction, and she is so motivating. I find myself wanting to jump out of my chair and build something new every time I talk to her, which, you know, her experience is fire, incredibly motivating. Those around me say, no, Kelly, don't start something new. We're good with what we have. (laughs) But I love Gina. She's going to be an amazing guest. We could not be more excited to talk with her. We know that you guys are going to love it. Okay, before we get to our Gina interview, let's touch base on the industry today. 
So we've settled down a little bit from the 2020 election, but we followed it up by another national emergency, aka Thanksgiving is this week. How is your family staying safe? My family and I are going to go see my in-laws and we're going to spend Thanksgiving with them. We're all getting COVID tested. Uh, Should be interesting because we do not normally go up to see them. They usually come down to see us and stay with extended family. So this is going to be much smaller, much more contained hopefully with a lot more wine. What about you? Oh, okay. I like the wine part. Yes. Um, that's a <laughs> that's a family tradition that we just can't miss. Same with me. I mean, we usually get together with my family and or my husband's family, and it's a pretty big to-do. My husband insists on cooking the turkey, which surprisingly mm. he's incredibly good at. And, you know, there's like many, many sticks of butter involved, but you know, it it comes out great. So I'll take it, right? It's not on the grill. It's actually in the oven. So I'm here for it. I don't want to say the word, but does it come out? No, don't say it. I no. know what you okay. mean. The yep. M word. Yep. No. Yep. Yep. But it's good with Incredibly. the butter and the... Okay. I believe you. I'm a vegetarian, so I've not had okay. turkey in forever. Well, um, I for- yeah. but, I, but I do know that people like to have moist... <laughs> Um, so there's that. All right. Um, It's wonderful. Okay. What about other traditions? What else do you do? I feel like anymore, uh, and especially in 2020 Thanksgiving and Christmas, at least for us, um, have fused. And so a lot of the Thanksgiving things are also Christmas things. So we are definitely putting up my in-laws tree and decorating with my two-year-old. Um, that's a new thing. But I think just generally, like now it's when it's okay to listen to holiday music, like Thanksgiving marks that transition. So that's like part of it. We can listen to Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You, and not feel bad about it. Okay. Thanksgiving onward. I got it. I heard it. I saw somebody posted something on social, like, I feel like the song All I Want for Christmas is You is not accurate in 2020. We want a lot of other things. (laughs) Wow. Time um, for I, <laughs> a rework of that one, a remix. Um, I love that you mentioned decorating too. I usually have a hard and fast line. It's not happening until Same. after the turkey has been consumed. However, all of the decor is up. It's all up. I have not turned on the music yet, uh, but 2020 seemed like the right year to just go ahead and and bust, bust forward. I literally could not agree more. We similarly would never even think of putting anything up before Thanksgiving. We're all about like, oh, one holiday and then the next one this year, all of that's out the window. Um, We also have decided the only thing that we will not do is listen to Christmas music. So post Thanksgiving, that's what we'll do. But we put up the tree this weekend, just like you guys. And we're living our best winter wonderland in sunny, hot ass California. (laughs) I love it. That's amazing. What about, you know, I know this, this marks the busy time for all of our salon pros listening, the start of the busy season for us, we're consuming, we're buying, we're looking at deals, anything retail that you've got your eye on black Friday. I don't, I don't take you to be the black Friday type, like, like you're not busting through the doors of Best Buy to get something. I I don't see you there, but prove me wrong. What, what do you got on your list? I, I'm definitely not busting through the doors at Best Buy, uh, but I do like the idea of seeing myself doing that. Um, I feel like I'm the worst consumer. I will. I'm a see now, buy now kind of person. Uh, I will try to find a deal if I can, but I'm not going to look too hard. 
Um, the Honey yeah. plugin is like as far as I'll go. Um, Same. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. who knows? I think we're currently looking at all sorts of doll and doll accessories mm-hmm. for my two-year-old, trying to figure out hair texture, how much we want it to look like her kind of thing. That is what is occupying a lot of my time. Okay. Um, and if there is a Black Friday deal, then maybe we will be looking for that. But And I, no I will note that, else. I love it. I will note that Honey does not sponsor the podcast. How, no, however, no, they could. However, they could. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a coupon clipper, but when I oh. see that little H in the top right, I know there's going to be no honey deals on my Nordstrom purchase. I push it anyway. Very We're here for You've you, got you. <laughs> Wow. What about you? Are you thinking of making a big purchase? Do you need any TVs? Boom boxes? You know, I feel like we're stocked full of boom boxes and TVs. Good, good. Um, I'll tell you the hot gift that I think is pretty unattainable is the PS5. My two boys really think they're getting it, really want it, offer to pay for it with their own money. However, oh wow, every retail outlet in the country is sold out. And you know they're not going to restock it until... You know, it'll be some crazy like 2 a.m. on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then by like 5 a.m. and we sold out. <laughs> My husband drove by Best Buy, although we do not bust through the doors there. Um, he drove by Best Buy, saw a line and thought, oh, is that for the PS5? Should I go in? He kept driving. He kept driving. <laughs> wow. So- These are tough decisions. You know, 2020 <laughs> is really bringing it out for all of us. And we've got away what's what's right. And what feels good and in that moment, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm at a loss. I have nothing on my list. My kids probably won't get what's on their list. That's okay. You know, we have we are learning lessons in 2020, right? We certainly (laughs) are. The other thing that's important to talk about is supporting local. Uh, So to the extent possible, buying from small businesses that are going to be hurting in these couple of months. Amazon certainly doesn't need our cash, although it is easy to buy on Amazon. You are right. Uh, Mr. Bezos is he's doing fine. He's doing he's doing just just he's fine. Well. Um, all right. So we got the decor up. We're shopping local. We're clipping the honey coupons. Um, anything else that's on your mind, Jeff? One big thing that's on my mind is the crown season four. All right. So, I mean, I've not been binging a lot of things until recently. I finished the Queen's Gambit, which is incredible for costume, hair, makeup. That alone, obviously, the acting is is great. Maybe it's not obvious. The acting is also great in that show. But season four, The Crown, boom. Diana, Charles, drama, all of it. Wigs. Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher. I love Are it. Are you binging? I haven't done it yet. No spoilers. Okay, okay no, no, I won't spoil it. I have thing. watched up until, and I need to. I can't wait for you to watch it and report back. I feel like, Margaret Thatcher, uh, Gillian Anderson, Gillian, I keep hearing Gillian. It might be Gillian, though. At any rate, hard to say. Her wig work, that team. I mean, that's the thing is like we can look at it from the salon pro side and go, there's so much work that goes into it. There's so much work that's involved in making those details absolutely perfect, which totally changes your viewing experience if you will the realistic factor i loved the side by side of like the crown diana and charles and actual diana and mm-hmm. charles you could just see the slight flip of her hair on point yep. makeup beautiful on point yep on the cheese.com 
there's an awesome article. We break it down. Our editors talk about hair, beauty, and culture better because that's who we are. I love it. So check out the article on thetease.com. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering industry news, diving into brands you don't know but should. And here are our favorite headlines from the site. Eight Trader Joe's hair and beauty products to grab with your groceries. I've got a confession, which is I have not been to Trader Joe's since oh. the outbreak of the pandemic. It's been eight months. Oh. And it's it's actually pretty devastating because I really, really love Trader Joe's. Yeah. But if you're in L.A., you know that the lines are no joke and it's just not worth it. But like even this weekend, we went to two different locations and yeah, not a thing. Um <laughs> But our our editorial team has put together this incredible listicle of the best hair and beauty products that are available at Trader Joe's, um, one of which I actually swear by, which is the Rose Facial Oil. Mm. Uh, if you are lucky enough to get into a Trader Joe's without waiting in an hour and a half line, I strongly suggest that you go and browse that aisle and pick up some things, treat yourself. Um, make sure you go to thetees.com first, see what's on the list, check it out when you're in store. I got to tell you, I've never bought a beauty item at Trader Joe's. Oh, my God. It's honestly, the quality is surprising. I mean, the price point's incredible. But like more often than not, it is a success. Okay. All right. You've swayed me. Maybe the next time I swing by, I'm going to grab some of that rose facial oil. Right? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's, honestly. I'm going to shoot you some out to LA. (laughs) Please. I'll I'll take it. I'm actually running well. Um, And we can't buy online. Okay, so one of the articles I'm loving right now, because I can so relate, you know, more hair, more power to you, right? I loved the story from Lexi Rose Hair. Find her there on Instagram, Lexi Rose Hair. She's a guest contributor of the teas. She talks about how watching shows like What Not to Wear and America's Next Top Model, she always, you know, thought clothes and makeup were confidence, but really, you know, for her, her extensions brought her that confidence that made her feel great. Um, And so she's dedicated her career to extensions, whether it's, Hey, you got one row of hand tied in, or you've got some tape in whatever you're doing. uh, It's, it's been important for her to help transform women's lives that way. So check her out um, on the tease.com more hair, more power and at Lexi Rose hair on Instagram. Such a good one. Uh, Something else that I'm obsessed with on the site is an article called John Paul Mitchell Systems wants to bring AI to your salon. Uh, As of today, when we're recording this podcast, uh, they just launched uh, Hair AI powered by Fitskin, which is a brand new technology. Uh, There is a little tool that pops onto a phone and then it is able to evaluate clients' hair, scalp condition, uh, make product recommendations, all sorts of incredible things that are detailed on the site. So go and check that out. It's truly incredible. Um, I just, I found the whole thing to be pretty damn fascinating. So I know that you guys are going to like it. I love that too, because I think often we think about our hair and cleanliness and certainly the products and chemicals we're putting on our hair, but we forget the scalp. And someone once said to me, think of your scalp as, you know, having like a facial for your scalp. You've got to get in there, like remove all the impurities. It's going to help your hair growth and strengthen health of your hair. So I love that. How cool to actually have it and have them use that tool as like a diagnosis. I mean, it's fascinating. They've always been innovators in the space. So got to love Paul Mitchell. Okay. Wow. So, so much going on on the site. Uh, Thank you to our hardworking editors on thetease.com. We are incredibly proud to produce and publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. 
All right, Jeff, let's get ready for this one. After the break, we'll listen to production expert turned advocate, Gina Charbonnet. For our listeners, Gina Charbonnet is the founder of G-Shar and has worked as a producer and communications consultant for leading brands and media outlets like Converse, Essence, BET, the NAACP, and the DNC, among others. She works with these brands to shape a creative vision and build authentic storytelling experiences. And now she's starting a new venture, re-envisioning her brand. Having built a life creating social change through conversation and connection, G-Shar is now a community for guiding advocatures. And importantly, Gina is also a contributor to thetease.com. Hey, Gina, welcome hey. to Volume Up by the Tease. That's quite an introduction. Uh, you know, uh, I, I just wanted to follow up with that. So thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We know that Very we probably excited. missed some things in there. We know you've got a huge, <laughs> long storied background that we want to get into. Um, yeah. <laughs> is there anything specifically that we missed that we feel like we, we've not done justice by addressing? I mean, I, I don't know. I just feel like I've been such a renaissance woman, you know, since I guess like college. So for me, it's like um, really essence, the essence uh, festival is kind of like carved out my career face. It's really about empowerment, inspiration, um, and just really thinking about what's sort of underneath the surface for a lot of us that, you know, we sometimes will talk about, especially women. So that part, you know, was a, was a big part of my career. I'm also an arts administrator, which is not a lot of people know that. That's what I graduated in graduate school. And I don't know how I got here from graduate school, but here I am. So, so, so I, th- I thank God for that, you know, so, but, but thank you. I, I appreciate that, that grand, you know, introduction. You're, you're uh, you deserve welcome. a grand introduction. There is no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> So you've alluded to this. Uh, Over the career, you've done many, many things. Um, Again, we've not done justice to the amount of things that you've done. But how did you land on this most recent pivot for for G-Shar? I think it's been coming for the last, since 2019, really. I I was sort of, you know, I started going through this kind of journey about spirituality, was asking to, to speak more at events and being interviewed more about just sort of my life path and what got me here to inspire other entrepreneurs. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. Like, what is inspiring you right now? Like, what what do you really, really, really want to do? I think, you know, we all get to a point in our lives where it's like, you know, we want to know our life is on some sort of track to purpose, right? This sort of um, bigger thing that we're put here on earth to do. I started thinking about that, you know, to get me like, to really think about what the pivot would be. And so, you know, it, it was something that we talked about last year and last year was last year. <laughs> bam, 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 here comes 2020, you know, like knocking mm-hmm. our doors. And it's like, okay, what the hell is going on? Like, what are we doing what now is the question. There's not enough therapy, drugs and alcohol. You know what I mean? So, but in saying that, I do, I do think that, you know, it, it was really an opportunity for me to really use the work that I've already done in a different sort of context where, you know, helping to shape some content or helping to really offer some shape or some inspiration to other people is something that, you know, I'm really being pushed out to do. I'm generally very shy. 
and I'm behind the scenes. Let's make it work. You know, machine that's cranking, you know, mm-hmm. I, I get everything kind of old up, but not very, I wasn't very comfortable. I wasn't, didn't think of myself as being in the spotlight a lot. So all that sort of change or is changing, but so that's what landed me here. Long story short. Got it. I love it. I, I, you touched on one of the things I was going to talk about. So it seems like, you know, for a lot of your career, you were the producer and behind the scenes, as you mentioned, and I can understand that both. And then also from an entrepreneurial standpoint, if you're out there inspiring others, pulling other leaders forward, literally to the stage, uh, it must've been a moment for you to say, hold on a second. I'm doing all these things for all these people, but what's fulfilling me? So I think that was a good, a good comment there. And really you're shy. I am actually a little shy. All right. I mean, I don't think people think I'm like, yeah, I am a little shy. I'm a little shy. That's, I mean, that's, I guess, like an unknown fact, but it's, yes, I'm shy. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I like it. So thinking about the, you know, like the previous clients that you've had and projects you've supported, you've always been kind of leaning towards social justice and issues of perhaps a political nature. Tell me a little bit more about that. How did you kind of start in that area? How has that progressed throughout your career? How is it going to be the next phase of, of kind of your journey? It's, it's interesting because, you know, I, I've been known, I think, since I was a little girl, uh, my dad's family owned a funeral home. And I always say that in that funeral home, you know, we took care of a community. And so when you start doing that, it's like you have to, it's not just about you, it's about a community. <laughs> not even your family, it's like the community family because the community is the one that, that supports the work you're doing, supports you financially. And so we're also, it was sort of this like life lesson about the ebb and flow of the energy of life and, and what does that look like? It's always been about the community and how can we figure out a way to make community work um, you know, like I said, growing up in New Orleans. And so for me, I knew the work I was going to do was always going to be around some sort of cultural something because I grew up, I mean, you know, in a Tremaine neighborhood where my father um, had his business, it's like, you know, you saw me kids walking down the street blowing, you know, trombones or horns, or whatever. And you always saw the celebration of black life. Uh, in culture through like the masking Indians that, you know, they, they parade, you know, on St. Joseph's Day and other days throughout the year, Mardi Gras, and seeing the pride we had in our community was something that, you know, you, you do, it, it does, it's still, it, it's instilled in me to always be very proud of where I come from. And so I kind of knew, I didn't know what was going on. I was always too creative kid. Like for me, I didn't, I didn't talk. I was more like painting. You know, when I was like six years old, I had to figure out, I didn't, I didn't look like the other kids in my class because like one or two kids that were, you know, my, in my grade who, who were black and I'm my complected black woman. So I'm sure it confused everybody. <laughs> but, you know, all, all that sort of contributed, I think, to just where I am. I've always been creative light. Like I said, visually was painting instead of speaking because I was afraid to speak because these kids tease me so much. You know, and it was just like finding this inner sort of, connection right to to these things that just made me want to invest myself in more when I got to an age that okay you know what, what do you do now you're out of college you know it's like what's the next step and so all these things were like these like just like spinning around spinning around spinning around and then I went to graduate school and things sort of made sense after always a journey. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And I think it was, it was interesting in, in doing a little research on you um, that the, I think I noted somewhere that the, the funeral home business was in your family for over 140 years. 
Yeah, we're one of the oldest funeral homes, according to um, the Amistad Research Center, I think in the South. Oh. So, and it was given to my grandmother who never really worked. <laughs> okay. Her great uncle willed it to her. And then her, you know, she's, her last name was Labat. And then my grandfather bought her sort of brother out and named it Sharpening Funeral Home. But it was my grandmother for women, you know. Right. <laughs> so I mean, business, what is, you know. What a trailblazer back then, right? I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's unheard of usually, um, but it. But she got the business. And so, you know, she and her husband sort of made it what it is today, so. Yeah, and there is such a sense of community around that that spiritual time in your life too, I can see. And, and having to sort of bring everybody together from a positivity and that celebration piece, I think sometimes that's missing. And I know that, you know, culturally, that's a very rich tradition in New Orleans and, and really making sure that you're celebrating the life that- Right, that is. So, yeah. I, I do feel like, in, in the way that we grieve, we're taught to kind of celebrate. And I think that, you know, we're also taught to be very vocal. And it's also to me, a piece of self-care. I mean, to me, 2020 has really been about the loss of things. So in some sense, it's kind of just the, to grief and a grieving that we're having, you know, it's not someone we lost or someone got sick, but it's grieving of what is this normalcy? You know, what does this look like for us? So. Yeah. Even in that, you know, I, I, feel, I feel like we're taught, I was taught a different sort of um, consideration and kindness and service in the way that was more about, I'm here for you and, and, and being very supportive because also very important as we know, as we, as we grieve, uh, it's important to really feel supported. So that's yeah. very, very important. Absolutely. That, that's great. And so, okay, so I'm going to take a hard pivot now from that. Um, tell me how you kind of got your start in working with some big brands and organizations. Um, what was your big, what was your big break back in the day? I know, I know we dropped some names like NAACP, the DNC, Essence, BET, but where, when was that kind of turning point where you put your creativity and passion to work? Hmm, that's a good question because I actually started off in film production and from film, film production, I worked on East Bayou many moons ago. I think he's had a 30th. Oh, Jeffrey, yeah, it's a great film. I love it's, it. It's, it's so good. Film. It's so good. So, the hair alone in that movie, but that's another combo. We'll, I know, we'll and the music later. and everything. So, but, but, but what happened is that from that, I actually um, was asked to start working at, at the Jazz and Heritage Festival, which is a completely different industry, but still, you know, still dealing with events and production and stuff, I guess, or an event sort of schedule. And, you know, kind of got, got to know the owner a little bit of Festival Productions, Inc. that was producing Jazz Festival in New Orleans. And then I started working for the Essence Festival. I uh, came on to really kind of be an administrator. And from there, it kind of just started happening. I just started... I was able to put some mechanisms in place that we use in the film production industry and, and sort of like made these mechanisms in it, you know, I don't know, documents, administration, the administration part very easy for the festival. And so that kind of just built, you know, built these, these steady blocks and went from that to being, you know, a production manager, line producer, producer and executive producer. So that was sort of the big break on, on, on the event side and, and just a lot of hard work, I think, in, some things you just know that you get in life. It's like it's, that light bulb goes off and it's not considered work anymore because you're like, oh, okay, I can just my, my eyes closed. And so it was just about really creating those systems that really could support a large scale production of, of that sort of magnitude because it is a Herculean effort when it comes to 
that type of production as far as festivals. So, Obviously, COVID-19 has changed events a lot this year, forcing most to cancel. How has this change affected how the entertainment and luxury markets create experiences for consumers? Ooh, I think it's going to be a challenge. I mean, but it's kind of a good challenge in a sense mm-hmm. that I think it, we can't gather, of course. That's a, I mean, that's kind of made just gutted out any sort of production company or live events that, you know, are dependent upon large crowd. Um, but I do think it is pushing the industry to think in a different way. And how do we, you know, also create amazing virtual events, I think, and use the platforms that we have, like Facebook and IG, uh, and figure out how to make those sort of work for us, too, in a sense that, you know, being innovative around how, what sort of options you can, you can, or what type of events or, you know, meetups or hangouts or whatever, or Facebook live events, like challenging us to look at how we can sort of up the game in, in that that regard. So I, I do look forward to that. It, it was time to think about the future because we know we all just are not gonna be able with so much going on, you know, um, you know, it, it's not always easy to travel, but hopefully that's gonna get everybody to think about how can we kind of also monetize those streams. So that's exciting. Uh, again, a little bit of an abrupt pivot, but we think that this actually lines up nicely with what we've been talking about. One of your focus areas in the past has been to work with organizations that service the Black community. How does the new G-Shark brand continue that mission? Well, I'm a Black woman. And, uh, you know, as, 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 as I think everybody knows that. And, and for me, there will always be my audience. I feel I know, that's who I know the best. I mean, I know what we need. You know, I can be um, an advocate for them. I can be an advocate for us to look at issues in a different way. That's where my heart is. I just want to be able to broaden my, my audience and, and, and share with um, people who may, who may not be aware of who GSHAR is or the work that we've done. And, you know, I always say, um, you know, I've been sort of incognito, I always say that. <laughs> oh, you know, because I really haven't been in the forefront a lot, but, but the, the goal with this business is to really bring what, I knew I know in, in the work that I do live and breathe to uh, to you know to the world. So I'm just taking you know a little piece of my blackness, <laughs> you know, and putting it out into the world just to show the world you know what we think about, what we practice, and you know just a connection to to who we are and how special that is. Uh, you know, so my work you know with black women will, will always always be at the forefront of, of everything that I do. Here on the pod, we're always thinking about ways to cover hair, beauty, and culture better. The beauty industry is just one of many that struggled with how it services and engages with minority communities like the Black community. Have you seen any changes or brands that have given you hope in 2020? I have to say, I think, I think what's, what's, what I've seen so far is that, you know, these boutique sort of brands that are owned by, um, you know, Black entrepreneurs are now doing really, really well. I think as people going directly to them uh, to really reinforce the business, their businesses, which is amazing to see. So I, I, I think as we get more to 2020, I think that it is going to be about, you know, um, customers and clients looking for those niche sort of brands that speak directly to, uh, you know, their needs. And I think that, you know, I think that advocacy is, is, is a big part of, you know, how the sort of we're going to start consuming if we haven't done that already in 2020 more is really about how can we support 
the, the people who haven't felt supported or how can we, you know, invest in equity more? And, and it is about, you know, those smaller sort of brands that, that can provide these specialized products that from what I understand is selling out. Um, so that, that in itself to me is amazing to just witness that, you know, and, and I think that as we're under restrictions, you know, it, it probably makes those brands, those brands have a broader reach too and give more of an audience that's, that's very present right now, which again, is, is, it's all great to see. So I'm just happy that 2020 is um, giving us back, you know, something to make us smile and excited about and not just, like I said, the grief and the loss. So it kind of balances itself out, right, in a sense, um, in that I think it's going to be really innovative in the way that we start to do things across all industries, including, you know, beauty and fashion. And, and you're going to start seeing more sort of, I think, communities and business owners um, more in the forefront now, more black and brown people. Absolutely. So you've been working with different brands as part of the G-Sharp programming. Are there any that you want to highlight? Um, I, I just feel like I've, I've worked with a lot of people. I mean, like I said, the Essence Festival has afforded me, you know, an incredible opportunity to really, again, sort of find a niche audience for me too. And, and, mm -hmm. and you know, because I always say that, you know, our, our sort of mantra is consciously, consciously moving the crowd. And they've really given us that niche to really consciously move the crowd in a way that's really about how can we, you know, entertain and also be very thoughtful, you know, while entertaining. So I, I do, I'm, I'm very grateful for that opportunity, you know, that I've had to work with them. From that, I've worked with OWN and other networks. I mean, I said, worked with BET, we worked at NWCA, we worked with DNC, you know, um, I've also worked with the city of New Orleans, you know, with the mayor who I love here, Mayor Cantrell. And it's great to see her just be strong and at the forefront as we all sort of um, deal with a lot of restrictions and life in a different lane. She's been very vocal and strong, so I appreciate that. I just appreciated, you know, the career that I've had in, in really working with some incredible, you know, men and women. You know, I mean, I've worked with Ava DuVernay, I've worked with Hillary Rodden Clinton, I've worked with Deepak Chopra, which was, you know, like, wow. <laughs> uh, I was stunned by the beauty of Halle Berry, I mean, Oh, and she she uh, she was a she was a one of our last minute talents like in 2000 I think it was 18 or something like that and I almost passed out I was like gosh she's I mean I don't get like that but she's like really beautiful so you know and I've worked Deeper with Instagram Mr. guys yeah, I mean yeah I'm just I'm that's goals I mean we all can't be that blessed but uh <laughs> it's just you know it's it's just been amazing so like I said Misty Copeland. We had Oprah, you know, Yala Van Zandt is always, you know, getting us together, which I love that, you know, their, their acts of faith, the 25th, 25th, 25th anniversary of that in 2019. Um, so just a, just all sorts of people, Charles Blow, you know, and, and we celebrate gospel on Sundays, we go to church, you know, so I've had the opportunity to, to work with Donnie McClurkin, you know, and uh, just it's incredible people. So again, just very blessed, you know, to have had that opportunity, which has opened, you know, some more doors. Just again, very, very grateful. I know that Jeffrey mentioned in the beginning an advocateur. Did I say that right? I think so. So I, I think it is advocateur. Absolutely. Okay. We're going to go with that one. Go with that. <laughs> Explain that to me. Explain what Gshar means with that word, where you're going, kind of what your rally cry is. I think, like I mentioned before, I really do think that as we pivot as a country, as a globe, um, pivot business-wise, racial reckoning, 
culture, you know, wise as far as the corporate culture, or the Me Too movement, Me Too movement, climate change. It's about anything politics. As we talk about all these things that's pivoting all to me at one time, you know, it, it's really about what is what's the the advocacy behind the work. I really am proponent of let's do better, let's be kinder, let's collectively figure out how to get here, how to get to a better place together. It's never about just one person. And I do believe that the more we talk about advocacy and the more that we're alike, the more that we talk about um, causes or issues or marginalized populations of people or different religions or whatever it is, different experiences, I think the more we share that, the more we'll see we have more in common. And I think like advocacy, advocateur is more about, let's go ahead and talk about advocate to me just for each other, you know, for the things that we care about. Um, and I do think that trickles down to be an entrepreneur. So I do think as we talk about social justice um, and we do talk about, you know, investing in businesses that, you know, make a difference. We want to support different types of businesses, minority owned businesses. I mean, whatever we're talking about is really about how can we be more supportive? And that's what really advocator is, is like you being more supportive, I think, of just everyone. Um, and also being able to talk about something that's important to you. Um, if it's a cause that you want to talk about, if it's your sexuality, you know, whatever it is that, that you feel, you know, you want to speak about, I think everybody also should have a lane to do that. And again, feel, feel supported. So, you know, it's like finding a tribe. And I do think that, you know, we're, we kind of all could be a tribe, but we just go, we, we start talking more about just advocacy, what's important to us and just, taking a step back and, 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 and really sort of listening to, to who we are as people. And again, using that to invest in, you know, businesses. And I'm here to, you know, as a, as a woman who has started with nothing, really, I didn't, I didn't really have a lot of people invested in me. I mean, you know, it was just something I just, I started my business as a, in graduate school, uh, just wanted to open a business. I didn't know what was going to happen with it. And it just sort of happened. So, you know, I, I'm here too, hopefully to shed some wisdom and fellowship with, with some entrepreneurs, you know, men, women, teenagers, young people, I don't know who it is, you know, seniors, who knows, but just, you know, I'm, I'm here to really sort of help and, and be sort of conduit. So, so how, can we, how can we do this together? Whether it's life, business, love, anything, let's figure out how to do together and really advocate for each other. So. That's sort of a, again, an overview of, of what it is, but I think it's gonna to start to, to morph into different sort of meanings, I think as sort of the business grows. So again, that's something that I'm excited about that possibility. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Again, I can feel the passion and, you know, as a, a, also a founder of a business, I mean, I can relate with the kind of starting from, from humble beginnings, I started uh, my company when, you know, I was five months pregnant with my first child in the heart of the recession. Uh, and there may have been a time where my husband and I were like, well, maybe we should empty out that change jar for diapers. <laughs> so I love the grit behind it. I love the the sense of community and all of those things that I failed at for many years and, and some that I succeeded at in sharing that with a community to inspire as well. So I can relate uh, in a small way uh, as well. Um, You know, and then I think about on the thread of entrepreneurship, what, what does it tell me what it means to be a black female founder in 2020? Yeah. I'm I'm just proud to be here because I feel like, you know, especially being a woman, I mean, it's sometimes it's so so tough and it's in this industry, 
you know, you go through a lot uh, that you you just learn to sort of take as as another lump in in, in getting to where you have to be in business. Um, you know, I mean, as an entrepreneur, as a woman, you can you can test to that in, in many cases. Um, but knowing the history that I have from my dad's family, even my mom, before she passed away, started her own design company, Dayshar Creations, and my business, Gshar, is named after my mother in, in her honor, Gshar. I just want to change the D to a G, just in honor of her, to let her know too, I also honor her. But to be here in 2020 and, and to be a business that, that's been around for some years, it's, it's, I'm very proud of that. Um, at this moment, I think that it's, we're finally getting to a point where we're going to have some, some equal sort of opportunity at the table as far as capital, as far as that sort of equity building. Um, because, you know, unless you learn how to play the game, you know, especially on a financial level with banks and, and knowing what financial statements are and, you know, plugging into the support systems that can support you and knowing the paperwork it takes to, to, to fill out something or that's the kind of thing I think that I'm, I'm happy that those sort of barriers are now going to be, you know, sort of crushed um, as you see more platforms really talk about connecting to female entrepreneurs, you know, who are black and brown women, you know, in, in, in making those connections to banks and capital, because that's the thing that, that we haven't had a lot of access to. And we've also we've also always had made a way when there was no way, you know, because uh, back in, in the day, they used to have a thing called society in New Orleans and black businesses would actually collect a certain amount of money to help support community funerals or, um, you know, if you had support whatever community effort it was, you know, they had money that you can go collect from each business. So to contribute, we had to figure out how to make things work. So I'm just so happy that there's going to be more conversations around leveling so that playing field and making those resources available. So that's something that I know I've, I've personally helped a couple of friends with figuring out or having those conversations that can be very intimidating around money and banking and financial statements and you know so those things are like don't be don't be afraid of it. It's, it's good stuff. <laughs> you just got to figure out you know how to start keeping track of those kind of things, and we we're not taught that. <laughs> it's good to see it finally happening. In the spirit of fellowship, what's your advice to other women, maybe black and brown women, uh, that are looking to start a company in the next year or so? If you're ready, do it. I think that don't think twice about it. I think that there's no time like the present. There's nothing promised. Uh, I do feel like there's going to be more of, uh, they'll be more embraced. I think they'll have more resources, like I said, to really be supportive of what they need, I think, to get in business. And there's a lot more mentors these days. JP Morgan Chase now is a fund. You know, now that they have, you know, I think support more businesses, minority-owned businesses. I think that again, those barriers with the banks, those make a big difference. So I, I'm just just like I said, incredibly, I'm just happy to see that there is more information around, you know, how to have access to these funds, you know, and hopefully the government will jump on board and start really supporting. <laughs> Businesses across the board, you know, and, and really, again, thinking about creating, how can we create institutions or sort of policies around equity? And what does that look like um, for women and minority business owners? Love, love, love that. Thank you for that. So now we get to the part of the podcast where we ask everybody for their quick takes. These are the same questions we ask each and every guest. These are a lot of fun for us. We hope they're going to be fun for you. Try to keep it short but we love hearing from you, so you don't have to keep it that short. Um, 
the first thing that we ask everybody, what is a brand or product that you are loving right now? Ooh, brand or product I'm loving right now. <laughs> you can list it off. We'll take it all. We just want to hear it, hear everything. Okay, and Gina, I feel like the times that I've seen you, you've got the red lips so dialed in. So maybe it's that. Like, let's hear it. What brand and shade? Lay it on us. Oh my God. So this is a Chanel shade. Of course. I forgot, I forgot what red it was, but it's a it's a Chanel shade that they don't sell anymore. And, I, and if Dean's listening, who's the makeup artist I work with, he kind of gave it to me last year, but he never asked for it back. So I just kind of come to the Chanel lipstick that I have on. So yeah, but but I love that. Um, and also, I like a good sort of, I mean, a um, highlighter, the highlight the cheeks and, and the eyes and stuff like that. I mean, because we're all getting each other's eyes these days. Mm-hmm. So, yes. so Spill, yeah. is there a, are we talking like a Fenty highlighter situation? What is, what are we working with? I have to say, you know, I'm so, I use three different types of makeup. <laughs> so, all right, let's hear it. Lay, lay it on. That's what you know, we're here for. I use Armani. I use a, the MAC highlighter and I have Chanel lips on. Um, so, and I love the Armani. So, I mean, they have, the foundation I have is amazing. And they have this like blush highlighter thing that is amazing. And it feels like butter. I mean, it just makes everything look so matte and perfect. I love it. So, you know, I do, like I said, I'm a, and I'm a MAC girl. So I do have my MAC sort of bronzer and highlighter on, but Chanel looks, I mean, Goals, goals right there. Yep. So we just talked about screen time insofar as lots of Zoom calls and all of that good stuff. What are you streaming right now? I was just watching Lovecraft Country, which is my favorite like obsession. You know, so I watched it Halloween night again. Um, but also uh, I'm watching Nicole Kidman's um, limited miniseries. The Undoing. Yes. I'm like, what? HBO Max is killing it. Yeah, yeah. So, agree. Yeah, and I did watch, I think, The Good Lord Bird that was on Showtime with uh, Ethan Hawke, which is very interesting, too. So, yeah, Jeffrey's okay. just finished binging season four of The Crown. We were talking of about the that, Crown. right? So, but I was obsessed with Lovecraft County. That, that messed me up in all the right ways. Okay, real talk, words of advice for pros who want to get to the top of their industry. So you have been all over a bunch of industries Quick words of advice for somebody to get to the top of whichever industry that they need to get to the top of. Man, discipline. You know, it's a lot of discipline. It's it's like, you know, and also knowing your industry inside out, you know, knowing those people at the top, um, studying, you know, your craft, whether you got to take classes again, get research, I mean, get certifications. Um, I believe in education, education, education all the time. You know, I think you also have to do, also think you have to really sort of be a visionary in a space that you, I mean, you have to really envision where you want to be. And that's about writing and journaling, um, tons of meditation. I think meditation has helped me a, a great deal this year. And I do think it's that sort of spiritual connection to, 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 to know what to do, to, have, to know how. I think that always comes through meditation or prayers at how. So that's what I recommend. Really just being tapped in, you know, and just being very passionate, knowing all you can about the industry to make sure you are doing everything you can do to be the top. So agree. I don't think there's a get get to the top quick formula or <laughs> scenario. I love the discipline part. I think that's smart. And someone back in the day told me at the beginning of my career, you know, find people that you want to be like 
or you aspire to be and surround yourself with them. And so I took my little old 21 year old self to places I shouldn't probably have been at, <laughs> but I aspired to be just right there. <laughs> so I think right, that, exactly. I love that. Yeah. And I think that we've all sort of, you know, had to, whatever we, whatever, I think by any means necessary, that's all I'm going to say. I think, and that means whatever you got to do. And I mean, without having to do certain things, <laughs> but you know, I don't want to say do anything, but I mean, sure. I, I think that, you know, it's, you really do have to sort of hustle and, and I, I think again, sort of get to know the top players all what they've done to get where they are. That's important. And, and building a network these days is really, really important. Um, you know, and, and, and being able to feel that you have a mentor in some cases, you know, you, a person you can reach out to just to kind of give you that sort of, I mean, even it's just like a, how you doing today, you know, what's going on? I mean, that kind of thing's important too, I think as far as a business mentor. So. Okay. Our last quick take. 2021 predictions for your industry. Let's hear it. I think it's going to be a hybrid model. We're going to create some sort of hybrid model. It's going to be amazing and can have an online audience and also a live audience. And I think that's sort of be the model in the future. Here's to vibrating on a higher level in 2021. Uh, Gina, thank you so, so much for your time. It was an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. I echo your sentiment. It was always great to see that smile. Great to hear your your vibe and, and kind of where you're headed and wish you all the luck and success in the world. Cause I, I believe you've you've put the discipline into it. It's gonna yeah. come to <laughs> I, I hope so, but thank you. It, it's been it's been a pleasure for me too. So happy that I'm here and just grateful that you know we've had this time to really chat. So thank you. Of course. <laughs> and before we wrap, where the heck can people find you? Oh my God, no, the website is going to be done soon, I promise. They can follow me on Instagram. I think it's okay. G uh, period Therese, like, I think underscore at, at Instagram, I think. We will make sure to include <laughs> it. We'll, we'll get that in the show notes. Don't you worry. We'll, yes. we'll include it. We'll link yeah. out. We got you. We got you. Okay. And website coming soon. We're super excited about it. Soon it's going to be incredible. Right. Soon come, soon come. Amazing. I love it. Well, again, thank you so much, Gina. Thank you. Have an guys. amazing day. You too. Thank you. You bet. Take care. We'll talk soon. Jeffrey, that was an interview. Be sure if you haven't, check out her article on thetease.com. Our newest Tease Council member, Gina Charbonnet. Tune in next Monday for episode four. We love all you out there. Thank you for listening. In the meantime, be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease. And send in questions or comments to volumeup at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Stephen Jodorand. Thanks to our creative team, Kay Reynolds and Haley Hefner, for putting together the graphics for this episode. 